Hello, Miss Capel. Welcome to the Capel Radio Show. Hello, Brother Capel. Today's What's... date is July 23rd, 2018. All day long. Yup, 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 yup. Okay, so we're going to continue. I was going to say consider. I guess we'll do that too. <laughs> we're going to continue in the book of Jean. First Jean. And we're in chapter four. We're going to go from verse seven to the end of chapter four. Mm-hmm. In chapter five. It's a big love fest. Big love fest. It's a big love uh, chapter. About loving the brethren, once again, if you listen to our past shows, you know who the brethren are. The brethren are other believers in Christ that are under the covenant, that they're born of God. And they're righteous. Amen. Under Jesus Christ. That's your brethren. That's your brothers and sisters. It's not just everybody in the world, okay? I'm not saying don't love them. But this is agape love. Mm-hmm. And, and Christ says, you, they will know you're my uh, disciples by your love for one another. Right. And of course. It's more is, like an identification. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, because everybody's being mean to each other. <laughs> you know, the whole world's mean to each other, right? Dog exactly. eat dog. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they said, hey, the, you're going to stand out. The world's going to know that you follow the Messiah because of the way you treat one another. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much been lost. I would, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. If you read some of these uh, comments and threads mm-hmm. on Christian sites, or just people trying to give some insight or trying to teach somebody something, man, it's vicious out there. It is. It kind of uh, makes you wonder, though, if, mm-hmm. if they really are of Christ. Yeah. I don't think they are. I don't, I don't think they're brethren. Because you know I mean? they're, yeah. they're just very uh, venomous. Uh-huh. Or, or, you know, they're shields. They get there and they just want to confuse and, um, you know, cause problems and create conflict and questions. And, you know, they're not they're not legit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't have a problem, you know, identifying them as false brethren and, um, you know, removing them from Facebook or something like that. But... You know, I, I feel sorry for a lot of, the, you know, the YouTubers and stuff. It's not like you can just ban people off the comment section. Right. And so you, they get, some of these guys are just, they get hammered with these uh, these idiots. So anyway. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. So you're supposed to know each other by our by our love to one another. It's, and it's agape love. It's the same kind of love that God is and what Christ displays. And it's not a sloppy, romantic, you know, ro- you know, love like we have. It's a deep, godly love, mm-hmm. you know. And the problem is, is a lot of these scriptures here in John and this love fest here have been taken. Uh, and love has been replaced with tolerance. That's correct. So you, you need, you know, if you're a Christian, you need to love everybody. You need to tolerate everybody. No matter what their sin, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what their sin, you should tolerate them and feel sorry for them, you know, and just, you know, I don't know what you're supposed to do with them. But that's that's what it's taken a lot of times. And that's not what it means. No. Nope. All right. So uh, you want to read seven through, you know, to chapter five? Sure. Yeah. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that is that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to the be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath toward us, hath to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he, as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment, and he that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If any man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. So, there you have it. Um, one of the things, last week I talked about um, some of these scriptures that are, are used for like deliverance ministries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of take it out of context a lot of times. You know, like testing the spirits. And um, this is another one here, you know, about uh, perfect love casts out fear. So you use that a lot of times about just regular fear. And of course, Christ, God could take away fear. I'm not saying that he can't. But in this context here, you're, the perfect love is that you can face judgment on that day and not have fear mm-hmm. because you've been uh, living under covenant. Living That's why we ha- we pray, Lord, let us be able to stand before the Son of Man on yeah. that day. Yeah, so you're not you're not afraid of oh my God, he's going to come and you know and hide. Yeah, shame, because you're shame. ashamed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. So, so we start off with verse seven. Beloved, let us not love one another. I'm, I'm sorry. Let us love one another. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm reading my Mandela Bible. Um, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. That's pretty heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, the word for love is. Um, agape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to love in a social or moral sense uh, of persons to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly, uh, and of things to be contented with and to be well pleased. For and it's always that uh, same word for love, you know, agape. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Uh, you know, a brotherly love and affection for the agape, for agape is of God. Mm-hmm. Everyone that loveth agape 
is born of God and knows God, you know, in an intimate way. Right. So when you go to verse 7, it's the resumption of the main theme. You know, like I said before, John, this is not an easy, it's not an easy letter to read a lot of times. It goes from, you know, one topic to another, then it's repetitive and it's, you got to dig into it. Mm-hmm. It's the style is not it's not easy, especially you know you have you might lose something in translation. Yeah, exactly. But in verse seven, you got a resumption of the main theme, and what is that main theme? Let me read it to you. First John two twenty nine. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Mm-hmm. So that's the main theme. So resumption of this main theme. And love is that sum of righteousness. It's the test of our being born of God. Right. So it sh- should come out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Love flows from a sense of God's love to us. And we can compare 1 John 4, 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and, you know, verse 7 also harkens back to First John 3.10, where it says, or actually we go back to verse 9, where it says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. For whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Yeah, absolutely. And that seems to be the theme. Mm-hmm. It's, so he returns back to that theme. Even though he's talking about love, the theme is that righteousness and, and God through Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it seems like, if you go to First John 4, 7 through 21, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God, right? We're just talking about it's connected in the preceding context of hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses, confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. So it's all kind of that same theme. It's, it's what you're abiding in. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it basically sets forth Christ incarnation. It's as the great proof of God's love. Um, it was a huge love thing. And, and that's our example. Okay. That's right. So like Ms. Kapow always says, uh, love is a God. God is love, but mm-hmm. love is not God. And that's where it gets sideways a lot of times where people start elevating uh, love, especially new agey people, mm-hmm. false prophet people. They love, you know, let tell you be about love. Right. <laughs> And of course, they, they equate love with tol- just tolerance of everything. Yeah, humanistic, yeah. humanistic tolerance. Mm-hmm. They have a very um, perverted viewpoint of biblical love. Mm-hmm. So all love is from God as its fountain, especially that embodiment of love, which was Jesus Christ made in the flesh. Amen. The father, the father is also love. He is. He's not. Uh, just loving, he's actually love. Mm-hmm. God is love. So, those who 
are born of God and know God, right? They know him spiritually, experimentally, and habitually. I mean, you really know God. Right. It's not, um, you know, oh, I knew him or I said the sinner prayer once. I mean, it's like you have an intimate relationship with God. So God is love. You can't um, say love is God. You got to say God is fundamentally and essentially love. And it's not just loving, but he is love. All right? Mm-hmm. And he that loveth not, this is verse 8, knoweth not God, for God is love. So John does that black and white, that seesaw, he goes back and forth. Now he, he presents the negative part of it. If you don't love agape, then you don't know God. That's right. Because God is love. Mm-hmm. So essentially what he's saying is because God is love and he gave his only begotten son and Jesus Christ gave his life for you, redeemed you in that whole redemption package, that that's what you should be. Mm-hmm. That's That's what you should be. And if you're not, that you're not born of him. That's right. He's always real black and white. Mm-hmm. So God is love. Because you have received that very nature of God. Absol- absolutely. That very nature of God. And as you always say, Ms. Kapow, become a new creature. That's right. right. So at verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God towards us. He's about to tell us what was manifested. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, the cosmos, this satanic matrix that we might live through him. Mm-hmm. And that's love. So he's, he redeemed his creature, his creation. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believes in him should not perish or shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. Amen. And that's the gospel truth, right? Mm-hmm. So we have that it's manifested that God's love towards us is in Christ because he sends his only begotten son into the world mm-hmm. for our, uh, what what uh, the Bible calls propitiation of that's our sin. Right. It's just a theological term, you know. Substitute life. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it, because Christ was a propitiation of our sin or our Savior, this is the grand proof of God's love. Mm-hmm. Because he sends his only begotten son that we might live through him. Why? Why Why may we live through him? Because he is that eternal life force we talked about in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He is eternal life, not just immortality, That's but right. he's going to give you life. He is life. And he redeemed our forfeited life mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's been forfeited since the garden. That's right. And that's the grand motive to our mutual love, mm-hmm. love for one another is what he did. Yeah, because he's our example. And even uh, the Apostle John in this letter, this epistle, the um, chapter before, 
He says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So he's our example. Yes. Yeah, and when you look at it like that, that's a pretty heavy example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty heavy. So in verse 10, he says, herein is love, agape. Here is agape. Not that we agaped God, Mm-mm. but that he agaped us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Yeah. And see, earlier, John wrote that he is the propitiation for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. And later on in this same chapter, it says that we love him because he first loved us. Yes. Because he first loved us and provided that way. So for the whole world, everybody has a choice. You have a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you have a choice. I told that to somebody you know, recently who was talking about, you know, pedophilia, you know, guys. And it was so sad because... You know, they're going to die and go to hell and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking about about choices. People don't just wake up one day and, you know, molest a bunch of children in order to end up in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they they kept rejecting truth and rejecting the right way over and over again. And they make choices. Mm-hmm. I had to make a choice. There was a, there was a point in my life I literally had to say yay or nay to God. Mm-hmm. Either submit to God, submit my life and go, it's all yours do with do with me what thy wilt mm-hmm. or i continue to control things on my own and you have to make that choice and most people uh when you talk about well all people if you're saved you had to come to that crossroads yeah. if you never came to that crossroads if people never come to that crossroads then i don't know what what choice do they make right. you know cuz it's not a religion you know it's it's a relationship you got to go okay you're you're the king mhm you know, um, you got to put that aside. Anything else on that? Mr. Um, oh, in um, John 15, it says that Jesus tells his disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. And that's the fruit of the spirit, which is love. Yeah. Amen. Verse 11. <laughs> Verse. Was I already in 10? Did I read Yeah, 10? that was 10. Oh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Beautiful. And once again, the word propitiation is like atonement mm-hmm. for your sins. The appeasing of your sin. The sacrifice, right? That's right. So, you know, we're going to make the point here that the love we're talking about is not some... Um, silly romantic you know americanized westernized love it this love the agape love is its highest ideal it's its highest form mm-hmm. and the love was all on god's side it was none of ours and nobody just woke up and said you know what i just i feel like my life's in a shamble i think i'm just gonna you know submit to to god mm-hmm. you know um that's why in john it says it was the will of god that we became saved yeah and no one comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. Mm-hmm. No one just wakes up and goes, I'm just thinking I'm going to do that. 
you have to be drawn to that. There's things in your life that draw you to that. The Spirit draws you to to realizing there's more. Mm-hmm. That's God's grace. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we were altogether unworthy of love. Altogether mm-hmm. unworthy, right? That's right. Um, we ourselves could not do any act of love at any time to God. But he did the act of love to us in sending his son. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the example he sets forth. Amen? Amen. Okay, so uh, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Mm-hmm. Back to the theme of the example. So if God so loved us that he provided a an atonement for us, that he sent his only begotten son into the world so that we could have life, then we can at least show some agape to the brethren. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the commandment mm-hmm. that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Amen. And that's his commandment that we mm-hmm. love one another. And it's not that sloppy agape. It's the. It's it's servanthood. Yeah. And you know, you can't do it on your own. Mm-mm. That's why John here in the letter says, you know, you're righteous when you're doing this. You know, God, because it's not something that's part of your human nature, Mm-mm. you know, just to help the brethren uh, or, you know, try to teach them something or try to guide people to the truth or, or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not part of your human nature. There's other things, you know, you gotta, you're going to be doing. Yeah. Well, like one of the attributes of, of love in Corinthians is someone that does not seek her own. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. always thinking of other people before yourself. Yeah. You defer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you don't have to, even if you're right, you know, you might defer that. Yep. You know, you might defer that little saying, that little anger, that little word. Yeah. You just keep your mouth. Just keep your mouth shut. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You're pursue peace. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, God's love to us is that grand motive for our love to one another. In 1 John 3.16, not the gospel, but in 1 John 3.16, he said, he wrote, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, mm-hmm. and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Ms. Capel mm-hmm. already read that one. But that here it is reiterated again in verse 11. Right. All the time. So, we also as being born of God, therefore resembling our Father who is love, Mm-hmm. Therefore, um, we can appreciate God's love to us. We love him and also, well, his children who mm-hmm. are our brethren, but they're born of God also. Mm-hmm. They're children by regeneration of the same God, the representatives of the same God. Right. That's what he's talking about. So it's not some worldly, you know, new age, humanistic, philosophical acceptance and tolerance of of everybody and sin that's not what it is Mm-mm. it's certainly been hijacked to that but that's not what that's not what the scriptures say that's right now in verse 12 no man hath seen god at any time if we love one another god dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us that's a pretty heavy statement mm-hmm. because 
John's saying nobody's seen God, right? No one's seen God. No one knows what God looks like. They, they don't know what God would behave like if he walked into um, Applebee's mm-hmm. <laughs> and ordered a steak sandwich. They don't know what kind of car God would drive or how he would, you know. No one has seen God. Mm-hmm. But we're saying if we have the agape to one another and that God really dwells in us and his love is then perfected in us, that they're going to see the father in us. Mm-hmm. You know, that old saying that uh, you're the only Bible some people uh, will ever read. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And he even said in uh, um, the book of John first uh, chapter ver- um, verse 18, that no man has seen God at any time, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father. And he hath declared him. So he, Jesus Christ actually manifests God the Father. You know how some people say, you know, God in the Old Testament is so mean. Yes. He's, I don't he's not loved. He's God, Jesus is. But that's not true mm-hmm. in, this, in just one aspect of it. Because Jesus is the actual manifestation of the Holy God, the yeah. Father. And, you know, um, where it says, that no man has seen God at any time. Well, back in Deuteronomy, you know, in, in the Exodus, um, when Moses went up into the mountain, and G- and actually God spoke to the people, and it says uh, in Deuteronomy four, it says, and the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, so no likeness, only ye heard a voice. So take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for he saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. And that's where, that's why we have that uh, commandment, thou shalt not make any graven image, because we have Mm. no image of God, you know, but just his truth. And that comes with faith, you know, in the word of God. And um, so, you know, that just kind of, connects the dots there yeah it does definitely does yeah god who no man have seen at any time therefore he has appointed us or all of his children right if you're born Mm -hmm. into him as the visible recipients of our outward kindness which flows from god himself the love of god himself through the spirit yeah through christ whom uh we not having seen, we love. That's right. See, we, we love God who we haven't seen. Uh, this is kind of interesting because uh, let's see, in 1 John 4, 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You notice he doesn't say, if God so loved us, we ought also to love God, mm-hmm. which, which, seem, which would seem to be the logical conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. If God so loved us, we ought to also love God because God extended love to us that we should love God. He doesn't say that. He says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also, uh, we ought also to love one another. Mm-hmm. What another? So he, t- he takes it back into the brethren. Mm-hmm. So if we love one another, God dwells in us. Why is that? Because God himself is love. Mm-hmm. Because 
When we love God, we believe in the Lord Jesus. We believe the word of God. So we can't love others until we first love God. And we do that by believing his word, his gospel. And it's him dwelling in us Mm -hmm. that draws that real love uh, for the other brethren. Exactly. And verse 13 says, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Perfect. And 1 John 3, 24 says, And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him and he in him and hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he hath given us and that's a whole teaching in the book of john in um was it uh chapter 15 where he talks about the vine and the abiding in the vine and producing fruit oh yeah yeah so what you're saying Ms. Capella, it is all tied in to the spirit mm-hmm. of god that's dwelling in you so mm-hmm. once again it's not something you do it's not a work mm-hmm it's not a work that you go, oh, I'm going to go and do this and this and this and show that I love the brethren, so I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. It's something that flows naturally. That's why we renew our mind with the word of God. Yeah. And then we align ourselves with the word of God. And by God's spirit, God's power, we become conformed into the image of his son, Christ Jesus. Amen. That's good preaching right there. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, and his love is then perfected in us. What does that mean? That we're perfect? Oh, boy. No, we're complete. We're complete in him. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. To make perfect or to fulfill, consecrate, mm-hmm. complete, like I said, completely accomplished to finish something. We have been separated unto him. Mm-hmm. So his love is perfected in us. Um uh, and John discusses this also in um, verse 17 and 19, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, herein is our love made perfect, right? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. He is, so are we in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's perfected that it attains to the proper maturity. It's it's completed in him. Amen? Amen. Shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. How do we know we dwell in him? And that he in us. How do we know that? Because he hath given us of his spirit. That's what you just read. Mm-hmm. It's the token to us of God's dwelling or abiding us, abiding in us. Though we don't see him, he's given us of his spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Where the Spirit of God is, there God is. One Spirit dwells in us, right? Mm-hmm. And love is His first fruit. Amen? Amen. And verse 14, And we have seen, talking about the apostles, right? Mm-hmm. Primarily the apostles. Apostle John, he's a heavy dude. We... Us apostles have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. We, we, we've seen it. We're testifying of that. Mm-hmm. They're Christ-appointed eyewitnesses to testify to these facts concerning him. That was their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John three seventeen says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And even the woman at the well said, now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. And now that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. 
Yeah. So when you become saved, the Spirit gives you confirmation that, yes, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And you know that you know. Mm -hmm. You know that you know. And you really need, you really need that. And once again, that's the Holy Spirit that clarifies that in your heart. Yeah. And it harkens back, that helps with, you know, what I talked about last week about um, testing the spirits. Mm -hmm. Many false prophets and teachers and antichrist have already gone out Mm -hmm. from the Christian faith. And if you don't know that you know, then, you know, you're going to be wobbly. You're going to be unstable. You got to know that your faith's got to be strong Mm -hmm. and tested. So verse 15, whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Mm-hmm. And that's why it says, who has overcome the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Shall confess. Let's look at the uh, the Greek on that. It's from a, uh, it means like a covenant. Mm-hmm. Confess. Make covenant with, promise, confession, agree with, concede, not to refuse, not to deny. See what I mean? It's more than just declare. Mm-hmm. You know, I confess. Yeah, Jesus is cool. It's to um, concede your life to him, you know, That's submit right. to it. If you do that, and he, then he'll abide in you and you abide in him. Mm-hmm. It's, it is good, good stuff. So he's the savior of the world. That's what you have. That's what, you know, in order for, to get saved, that's the confession that has to be made. That's right. All right. Because you believe in your heart. Amen. And once again, by faith, right? The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit gives you that. That's right. That measure of faith. See, it's all about God. It is. God doing that in your life. Yeah. It has nothing to do with us. Because he first loved us, right? That's then right. we love the brethren. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Mm. That's why he that loves not knows not God, for God is love. Mm -hmm. In verse 8. Yeah. Really, according to John... True faith really is a faith of knowledge and experience. It's true knowledge, you know, of, of, of God, that real experience with him, that you really know him and it can abide in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus said in uh, John 8, he says, If God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, mm-hmm. and neither came I of myself, but he sent me. So, yeah. if God sent Jesus, then you must love God. If you, if you say that you love God, but you hate Jesus, or those that are born of God, then you're not, you're not of God. You're not of God. And Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you can't have one without the other. Mm-mm. And you do see that, you know. Well, you see the, the Judaism. You know, of course, they don't, they're not serving Yahweh, the creator God. But, you know. They confess to be, you know, Judaism, and they reject the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, or sometimes you even have these these Christian uh, cults that are just all New Testament, all Jesus, Jesus, and didn't reject 
you know, Yahweh. You know, they're mm-hmm. Jesus only. Yeah. Kind of people, you know, they're Jesus only. See, and then one of the, you know, in Deuteronomy, and it goes into the New Testament, is that commandment that you should love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might and understanding. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that when you've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And if you don't love God, then God is not in you. Yeah. Amen. And really, that's that's exactly what John is writing. Mm-hmm. If you love not, you, you don't... And that's how you test the you. spirit, mm-hmm. and that's how you know when another believer is truly a believer of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, in, the, in times past, you know, we've, we have heard, you know, from people, you know, this, this very abusive church, abusive pastor. You know, for example, we, you know, we had some friends that were um, very accomplished worship leaders, right? Oh, yeah. Very accomplished. They've done it for a lot of years and very accomplished, you know. And they used to go to this uh, cool hipster, you know, Calvary Chapel offshoot church in Southern California, you know, big, big church, big mega church. And uh, when when they tried to get on the worship team or use their, their talents, frankly, the pastor told them straight out, you don't have the look. And they were too old. They were too old. <laughs> Seriously. You didn't have the look and you're too old to, to lead worship. Even though they were super talented and a lot of experience doing it, you know, uh, you didn't have the look. <laughs> too mm-hmm. old. True story. And and when he told us that story, I I I don't know what I go, that's that's not scriptural, it's not biblical. You know what they told me? Yeah, but they, they do reach a lot of people. So so they just tolerated it. Mm-hmm. it they just tolerated that unbiblical heresy. That false Christianity, a false a teaching. It's not even. It's not even biblical Christianity. That church is not even biblical. Mm-mm. But they tolerated it because it came from the pastor. Well, they do do a lot of good. Really, I would. I would love to see the real numbers of people who really got saved yeah. under their good-looking worship. You know, as the same church, they hired some guy who was some uh, indie cool hipster guy from like Portland, Oregon or something like that. Remember that? Mm. He had his own band and allegedly got saved and he brought his whole band down here. <laughs> and uh, that was the worship team, this real cool, you know, hipster, you know, indie kind of guy. And yeah, gosh, it looked like a bunch of rapists to me. Mm-hmm. Um, time. They did. Remember that? Yeah. They look really creepy. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like, you know, that's how you got to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that wasn't really you know love for anybody, love for you know these 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 worship people. Hey, you don't you don't have to look. You're too old. It's just and so th- they tolerated them, saying, "Well, the church does a lot of good and everything," but they didn't have the discernment to go, "Well, that guy's not a brethren." Mm-mm. You know, that guy's that guy's not showing the love of God or Christ in him. You know, what am I doing here? So they they were biblically ignorant in these matters too. Uh, Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, right? Complete. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Uh Uh-oh, judgment day. So he didn't say in case judgment's going to come or if it could have, would have, maybe. He just says in the day of judgment. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. There's a day of judgment coming. Right, day of judgment coming. The Greek word is 
uh, where we get crisis. Crisis. It's a um, it's a condemnation. It's a it's a damnation. It's a judgment. You know, it's mm-hmm. a separation. It's a trial. So uh, that our love is made perfect, that we may have boldness. What does that mean? That we may have boldness. You know, it means that we might have frankness, assurance. assurance. <laughs> yes, confidence, confidence. So because we we have the love of Christ in us, and we've been abiding in Christ and he and us on that day of judgment, we're okay. You know, you're not worried about it because you have perfect love and that perfect love, that mature love has cast out all the fear of that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because as he is, as Christ is, so are we in this world. Mm-hmm. Right. Anything there? Ms. Capel? No. Okay, so in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about fearing the judgment. Mm -hmm. If you're afraid you're going to miss, you know, the, the coming of Christ and, you know, or, or this whole, this nonsense about, well, Christ is going to come and rapture, you know, the Christians. And if I don't make it, then I have, you know, three and a half years or whatever to, to not accept the mark of the beast and get my act together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, that's, it's nonsense. It's not going to cut it. And uh, if you're, you're afraid of, of not making the judgment, then uh, your, your love hasn't been made perfect, hasn't been matured. Because there should be no fear in that. Mm-mm. You should have that bold confidence because you're abiding in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, verses 17 and 18, they kind of go hand in hand about love being made perfect and there's no fear in love. Mm-hmm. And in, in uh, John seventeen twenty three, it says, Jesus says, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. You know, the world always talks about unity, Mm -hmm. but with God, there is one, there is unity in God, the father, God, the son and God, the spirit. Yeah. Amen. Because, uh, Christ came in as, as his sacrificial death was to deliver us from this bondage of fear. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the boldness and the confidence. You know, that's why we have that unity in him. Uh, the unity of in that vine. That's right. Right. Okay. And 19, we love him because he first, first loved, loved us. us. He first loved us. And once again, that goes back to verse 10, where it says here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Mm-hmm. Amen. In verse 20, if a man say, I love God, I love God, but I hate other uh, people who are born of God. Mm-hmm. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, those who are born of God, whom he have seen, mm-hmm. how can he love God whom he has not seen? Mm-hmm. Right? How's that going to be? I don't know. It's a good question. 
And the last verse says, and this commandment have we from him, mm-hmm. that he who loveth God love his brother also. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. So beside the argument that we get in uh, 1 John 4, 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Right? Besides this argument. And even James said, but be doers of the word and not hearers over only deceiving yourselves. And then John says, but whosoever hath his world's goods and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? Yeah. Yep. And in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, 39, Jesus even said when he was questioned, yeah, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, and the second one is like unto it, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. Right? He who loves will do what the object of his love wishes. So, he who loves God, he who wishes to be regarded by God is, you know, loving him. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And that concludes that, Ms. Powell. Yep. And I mean, just I just have some scriptures sure. that I, I wrote down about love. Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, charity, charity, which is love, suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. Charity vaunts not itself and is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then verse 8 says, charity never fails. First Corinthians 14 says, let all your things be done with charity. Colossians 3.14, and above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. First Timothy 1.5, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. That means sincere faith. First Peter 4, 8 says, And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. First John 4, 7-8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God and know God. He that loves not knows loves not knows not god for god is loved man very nice so that's your love fest there's your love feast mm-hmm. in real biblical balanced terms so you don't have to go out there and um, force it you know if you want to volunteer at the soup kitchen to do it because that's what you want to do but don't think that you know you're forcing love for your for the fellow transients or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, because God dwelling in you will give you the love and that'll flow naturally. If you're abiding in him, he's abiding in you. That's right. All right. Amen. And I think that's it. Yep. So give him a chow chow. Chow babies. Good night.